Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome to Convert Central. We are a group of converts from Singapore focused on sharing convert experiences and lessons to benefit both born Muslims and converts alike. If you have anyone in your life trying to find their path back in Islam, do share our podcasts with them and have a discussion about the stories told by our fellow brothers and sisters. Do follow us on Spotify and send your feedback via our Instagram page at Convert Central. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome back to Convert Central. Alhamdulillah, today we are on the 27th uh, morning of uh, Ramadan. It's a very, very blessed day and alhamdulillah with us, I'm very blessed with my co-host Mira and our guest uh, Zoe. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome back to Convert Central and today we have Sister Zoe who will be sharing with us her six-year convert journey and currently she is working in Apple. So I'll leave it to you, Sister Zoe, to tell us about how you've converted. Hi, uh, Assalamualaikum guys. Uh, thank you for having me here on this podcast series. So a bit of my convert story. Um, I It was back in 2012 where I uh, was with my ex fiance. So we were together for about a few years. And then uh, he's, uh, he's Chinese Muslim. So his dad is a second gen convert. But initially into our relationship, I knew him like five years before that. So, um, but I knew he's a, I mean, I know he's from, is Muslim, but I, he never imposed like, oh, let's go to class, let's go to mosque, never. So I was the one who kind of like, okay, let's, you know what, I'm, I want to learn about Islam. Let's go, so like, go somewhere to learn. Uh, definitely not the mosque because mostly majority in Singapore, they are conducted in Malay. I don't understand. Maybe seek it, seek it. Halfway through, I just like uh, got distracted. Uh, yeah, so I wasn't pushed to learn the faith, but I asked him about it. So a bit uh, a background of my family. Uh, so I came from a pretty diverse um, belief system in my family. Uh, my maternal side, my mom is practicing Buddhism. My maternal grandparents, uh, they are following a mix of Eastern faith, uh, meaning like Confucian, Taoism, Buddhism. But also they do a lot of ancestor worshipping. Uh, so my paternal side, my dad is a free thinker. Uh, grandparents initially was following the same mix of Eastern faith, but um, later in the years, my grandma, she she, um, she, became, uh, she followed Christianity. So um, I remember going to temples and church when I was younger, and I never quite understand why my mom need to look at statues and you know uh, she tell me to pray and then to get reassured. So and my also why my grandparents need to do ancestor offerings to like the uh death anniversary of like my uh ancestor. So neither also like neither I don't get it when a minority from the church they they sing uh songs of to praise Jesus Christ uh I mean Prophet Easter peace be upon him. I just don't get it why you you need to sing praises. So I, no one could really answer my question. But I was um I was curious, but I wasn't you know hard on to know why is it why is it why is it so, uh so when I was with my ex fiance, I say you know what uh I'm intrigued to learn about this um this faith um and um what this faith can teach me as a human being maybe yeah so that's a bit of uh how not quite my convert story but that's how it got me interested in learning Islam so um. Fast forward, uh, I'm not going. Maybe I'm not going to touch on my what happened. So it's basically a very messy journey. Uh, so okay, maybe I should touch on. <laughs> so first, we went to Daru for classes of uh, and then I remember the first time 
uh, it was a BCI class. I'm not sure you, you guys know about it because that's like the basic introductory course of Islam. And uh, mm. I went there not knowing what I'm expecting, just sit there. So I remember the Ustaz, uh, Ustaz Anis, he's still there in Darakam. Um, so we sat down and it was at the time where before, I didn't know what's going to happen. So I sat there and before the class started, I remember clearly he recited a verse in Arabic. And I have no idea what, like, what was that. But at the moment, it wasn't what he recited, but how I felt when he recited the verse. It was this, I don't know, I get goosebumps when I, when I say this because it felt like, you know, like there's a comfort there's like, you know, it's okay. Um, this learning, you, you, it's okay to, you know, it's okay, everything's gonna be all right. I don't know what overcame me at that point, but yeah. I'm getting goosebumps again. So, uh, yeah. So, um, because of this, right, because I long for this comfort that's going through. Oh, going back a bit. Uh, so, I found out the doa was recited whenever the class, before the class starts. So, it's to, uh, to recite, to ask God for compassion and to bless us in this learning. So, that's what I found out. And um, so, going back to this, I... Because I felt that comfort and I longed for that comfort that I couldn't source out from anyone else. I look forward to going for class every week, weekend especially. And uh, I don't know when, but I think was a year into going for classes, I kind of, we kind of like stopped going for classes and I came up with excuses not to go class. I remember one time my ex thing mom was like, why, why are you guys home on a Saturday? I knew you guys supposed to go for class. Uh, I can't remember what happened, but, um, but in this um, process that one year, a lot of things happened within our relationship. Um, but at the end of it, uh, we ended and uh, it got me into really bad shape, like physically, emotionally, monetarily, everything. Yeah, and um, my headspace wasn't functioning at all. Um, I because of all this, I neglected a lot of things like health, my work. Um, then I was working as a consultant. I my timing are pretty flexible, so um, yeah, it just affects a lot of stuff. Um, so uh, so amidst all this happening, um, his family who I'm really close to, Hamdulillah, uh, especially his aunt. So my name, my Muslim name Zia, is she gave it to me. Um, because I told her, like, uh, she was asking me, you know, how things going on. But because I wasn't exactly verbally expressive, even now if I share this story, I kind of, like, need to write it down and kind of, like, uh, yeah, go through that process. So exactly I'm not that person, like, you know, to express myself verbally. So in my head, I, I thought to myself, like, you know what, she's not my family member. I don't really want to, like, bother her with my problems. But she was very concerned about my mental health that time and uh, at that point honestly I it was really bad shit that I I thought that you know what it's better off not leaving and I, I just want to end this this thing that's going on in my life it's so hard nothing's going right I just just die you know yeah so uh, yeah, it was just depression was getting me and I don't really want to talk about it in a very authentic way. But yeah, at the same time, I feel that I don't know what to do anymore. So one night, he, uh, his aunt called me. She's like, 
oh, you know, she asked me what's going on, like, you know, how are you, how are you coping? And then out of the blue, she said to me, Zia, um, I'm stopping you from taking a step closer to God. And I, yeah, I just paused. I just paused at that. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, take a, close, a, a step closer to God. And she said that, um, uh, oh, no, she didn't say it. Before she could say anything, I said that, you know, I, I kind of like, I'm wondering what she was asking. So I, I replied her, say that, uh, Mark, so I, I do believe in the faith of Islam, but I come from non-Muslim family. Um, if I want to do something, right, I'm that kind of person, I want to achieve 100% perfect rate. I don't want to fail in God's eyes. I, I, I know that if, let's say, I declare my shahada, I need to fulfill obligation, praying, fasting, um, yeah, all those obligations, I need to do that. And coming from a Chinese, Chinese non-Muslim family, I, I, I don't think I, I'm capable of doing that. And yeah, she's, and she said to me, she says, yeah, uh, God doesn't work this way. You learn that everyone on, of us is not permanent on this dunya, right? Um, you're not, I'm not. And if you were to depend on someone else other than God, and if someone isn't strong in their faith, um, everything along with it will crumble with it. So there's this book that she uh, gave me, um, she asked me to read, which is Reclaim Your Heart by Yasmin Mojahid. Uh, every Ramadan, I will tell myself to read the book again. Yeah, so every year I, I read, yeah. So the point whereby uh, Yasmin Mojahid wrote, uh, the roller coaster that once defined our lives will come to an end when we, own, when we put our dependence on God and God alone. Because our inner state is dependent on something that is definition inconstant, the inner state will be inconstant as well. Seek the help of people. The people aren't the ones who can save you. People are only tools, a means used by God. So uh, she said that to me. I, every time going thinking back about that, that phone call, it just makes me choke up. And um, yeah, I, I yeah, uh, because before that, I was like thinking of like dying. And then the next thing I was like, you know what? Okay, fine. Um, I'm just going to give life a chance. Um, everyone's going to die anyway. Why the, why the, why, why, why do it now, right? That kind of thought. So, um, yeah. So it was that phone call that kind of paid my decision to declare my shahada. So, uh, yeah, I, I only declared it after uh, my relationship, my ex fiance and that. So that's my conversion story. Nothing really. Yeah, it's just more like how it helped me through coping um, that point of life when I was really in a bad shape. Yeah. I think that uh, I, I read the book Reclaim Your Heart also by, by uh, the same uh, author. Uh, Alhamdulillah, it's an amazing book and uh, I, think it's, I think it's a must-read for everyone that starts on Islam. Um, I think one of the few um, points that she also mentioned in, in her book, and this is extremely relevant to those who are coming into religion because of heartbreak, and, and, and we duly should because, uh, we, it, I mean, as a Muslim and as proven by so many experiences in our lives, and even you can prove it in, in, theoretic, in, in uh, theoretical terms, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only thing that should, that should occupy a person's heart. So a lot of times for converts when they come into Islam, you know, 
if they are brought in by their partners or they, they just didn't have any anchor to ground their lives uh, at the start, they tend to, you know, allow a lot of things to occupy their hearts that is not God because, you know, uh, reasonably they, they are not a religious person. So the the nature of letting things that are they are limited to occupy your heart, uh, it, it, it becomes something that, that is very destructive in nature because things that are limited, things that are not perfect, they are not able to fulfill uh fulfill the inclinations and needs and the wants of a person all the time. So perhaps your the person whom you love or whom who says they, they love you or even your parents can be your object of, you know, deification in your heart that, that you supposedly worship or even money can. But who, maybe they can fulfill your needs and wants for maybe a day or, or maybe three times a week. But, uh, you know, th- there will be times when they fail, you know, because they are just human. They can't do everything at once, right? And that, when they fail, yeah, the we as humans, exactly, yeah, and 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 we as humans, we 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 hurt so much because because we are disappointed or we are sad, but we fail to realize that sometimes we are just setting ourselves up for 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 this kind of emotions, and that is a main theme in the book where we are we put our, we place our objects of of the most importance, you know, in anything other than Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, and it's not easy. Like like Byron, it's it's it really is not something that is not easy, even. You know, bomb Muslims have an issue and, and they face the same problem, but it's just that maybe 80% of their heart is occupied by Allah, 20% is by something else, lah, you know. But for converts, it's very hard, you know, coming from 100%, you are so used to holding on to something tangible, you know, and, 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 and something so you can see with your eyes, you can touch with your hands, you know, to something that is, that is, 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 is still a concept that, that you believe in, you know. So, uh, I, I think that something, you know, that is very applicable to, to converts who face heartbreak, you know, either before or after their shahada, is, is something that she mentioned in the book, you know. Sometimes, uh, Allah sends something that is so important to your heart and eventually takes it away it's because He knows this is the only way you can ever go back to Him. You know, yeah. He can give you, He can take away your money or He can take away your family or He can take away, you know, your, your occupation. But He knows that that wouldn't break you enough to get you to even consider Islam or letting something else into your heart other than the object itself. So he sends something that, that, that you hold so close to and chooses to take it away, not as a punishment, but as a mercy. So because of the fact that he takes it away, he leaves you no choice but to seek him, the one who is perfect, the one who sees all, hears all and knows all and can do anything he wants. So and once you have him in your heart, then you will feel this sense of peace in, 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 in whatever you do. So, so a lot of some, a lot of times, you know, we 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 as reverts or converts, we we go back to our old habits, you know, just because it's comfortable, uh, but we we go back to the same cycle again, and and you know when when you when when you know when I read your 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 content guide also online, it, it reminded me a lot of times of like myself lah, where I I I too were in a relationship before I took my shahada, and. Uh, no, actually, after I took my shahada, and a year into taking my shahada, we broke up. And it was quite bad because it was the 1st of Jan, you know. Uh, what is a, is, it was, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, what a new surprise, right? So, uh, and, and, and she was the object of my heart. Lah. And, and it, I was, it was so tough. Like, and, and, you know, you, sometimes we consider uh, extremely negative thoughts as well, you know. But, but it's just amazing how Allah can just save us, you know. 
when we allow the nur of of Islam to come into our hearts, and we we are open to the fact that that Islam can be the the solution to everything in our hearts, it's it's amazing what you can do, lah. You know, fast forward, you look at how what you've achieved six years down the 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 road, and and I think it's amazing, honestly. If 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 you if you ask me, um, so actually I just want to ask you, uh, one question, and and uh, that question is, when you were at the the peak of your heartbreak, right, um. Mm. What what was it that is what what was it about Islam that like really saved you? What wow, <laughs> I guess I don't know. I just needed to to find this peace. I I don't. Know, I just don't know who to turn to anymore. I'm at this point that um okay. Yasmin Mojahid talk about a lot about uh the dunya like the ocean of dunya like the same ocean can kill. And also can save. So I reached to this bottom where I I'm just so I hopeless. I don't know what else I can do. But yet at the same time, when uh Matsu gave me the call, uh my ex fiance and gave me the call, I it brings me back to when I was brings me back to the day when I first sat in class in BCI. That comfort I remember clearly, and I say that you know what. Let me, like, yeah, like, please help me. I I don't know what to do. Like, I have this. Uh, cause okay. Anyway, uh, for the monetary side of it, uh, me and my ex fiance got an apartment, so he cancelled it, and that there's a sum of money we need to pay back for the apartment down payment. Uh, I I don't know what else I can do. I mean, like, there wasn't any way out of it. I. I've just like you know surrender everything like you know what if I'm gonna die tomorrow whatever if I'm gonna be sued by the court tomorrow whatever I don't really want to care anymore but I it's just in my heart there was just very like a lot of frustration but at the same time I just felt that okay relax because I was and like a lot like like pigeoning already so yeah so I I guess like it was. That point where I don't know who else to turn to anymore, and I just okay, let me try. Because I'm, let me ask Allah for help. Like for this one time, I I don't know what what is gonna happen after the Kama Shahada. Um, I believe in it, and yeah, let me let. Ah, uh, there was this saying like you know let let go and let God right. So I guess that. Works for me. Uh, so basically, that's that was I was at really this point where I have nothing to lose anymore. Why not like just give the go? Yeah. So so you you talked about the sense of peace, right? So, uh, I I guess when you when you turn to God, then and you turn to Allah and you took a shahada, that that really gave you a lot of peace. Yeah, it gave me. It was very touching moment. Because um, at that point, um, when I, I I did read the Quran as well, like some parts, um, I could feel that like this conversation between me and God, and I felt that declaring the Shahada makes me um, even closer by knowing what the Quran entails. We're not saying that you know. I only I declare my shahada. Then I I read the Quran and more. But it comes with like the meaning, and then 
I can just converse directly. I don't, uh, because that time when I became a shahada, I don't know how to solat, right? So I'm just like, okay, flip to the page and then I <laughs> uh, book the verse and they say, okay, God, uh, I'm like, you, he, you know me, I'm reading this, I don't know what to do. Can you, yeah. But somehow or rather, it's just like, um, if I do this and it doesn't go right, then okay, fine. Then I know that it's like kind of God's answer to me. Like, okay, they are another, another way. Another way, another way. So, okay, cool. Another way. <laughs> yeah. I see, I see. And, and you know, moving forward, after you took a shahada, right, uh, as you were learning more about Islam, did, did, your, did your sense of peace increase, like, with more, like, ibadah, with more knowledge about Islam? Or did it increase, or or the other aspects of Islam, you know, like, maybe the friendship, the brotherhood, the support that, that really gave you a lot of peace? Which was it? Uh, I, I guess it was the help I received. Um... But at the same time, I was putting a lot of pressure on myself, uh, especially uh, during Ramadan. I there's like what uh, Tarawih players and then all these things, right? And and put the hijab and then people going to watch. Uh, what's what's that? Yeah, all these things like you know people sharing me the stories. But at the same time, I was like, okay, what do I do now? But because there's so many options, right? And I just kind of go on like a star mode. <laughs> uh, but more importantly, aside from this story, I will say I would say it's the piece that you know this um, this uh connection with other fellow brothers and sisters. Um, I, I don't know a lot of converts back then. Uh, but Hamila now I do. <laughs> uh, but not like I remember back then there was uh, a few of my friends. Um, they were very um helpful in terms of like you know join me for this, join me for that. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, I mean, I don't really get that vibe um, back home. Um, so I was thinking in my head, like, people usually, okay, I have this kind of, um, like, <laughs> really weird thinking about people only do good for you when they want something out of it. But this friend of mine, a few of them, they, like, do it just because they want to for the love that they have for you. Yeah, they have no motive, no intention. They just want to do it just because they love you. And yeah, I, I guess it was that. I, I don't know if it quite makes sense or answer your question. <laughs> I think people find a lot of peace from, you know, both of these sources, you know. So you learn more about Islam, then you realize, you know, who you are worshipping and stuff. And also next, you know, you... you I think like, for a, a thing that converts face is you take a shahada, then suddenly your social circle changes completely. Because, you know, your friends that you've been hanging out with, you can't go and drink with them at the bar, you can't go and club, you can't yeah. do things that <laughs> normal Muslims do, right? Yeah. So, I, I think, but somehow or rather, Allah just chooses your friends for you, you know, like, somehow or rather, you bump into someone in the street, you, they become your friends, or, you know, or, or someone that you haven't been talking to for a long time, suddenly you just talk, and then you he realizes that you're a Muslim, and then after that, you start talking, and they, they, they form a very strong source of support for us, and, and I think, in both ways, like, a convert really benefits from, from both sides, and I, I, I guess, like, uh, for you, uh, I think the social support really, really helped, because, uh, you know, you the, the worst thing about going through a tough time is to go through uh, the tough time alone. And and I think for religion itself, not just Islam, you know, religions in general, you know, people are in need because they have this concept of afterlife and, and that your deeds are counted. 
So so I, I think really the beauty of it is is really the brotherhood and the sisterhood. I I I think in your case that that will present itself after you take your shahada, and I I think that's that's one area that uh, Muslims should really you know uh look into. Because many a times we 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 see we see people around us, especially in, in this in this Ramadan, right? You see all the organizations going online to to ask for charity, and I think if like I I feel it for myself, lah. You know this this time round this year, sometimes people don't look at me. Then like I don't do, donate as much as as I would normally do. You know, in Ramadan, you know, there's a tabong, then they come around, and then you put the money in. Um, it doesn't really happen anymore this year. You know, so I I think like. It's something extremely special in 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 Islam, especially and especially we have, we have zakat fitrah and we, and and uh, coming to Ramadan, people are doing their zakat hatar as well in in Ramadan, and it's it's something that we we should you know go back to you know as 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 Muslims when we talk about converts and how you want to support them, is is yeah, really about. It, I was gonna say yeah, it makes a lot uh like. One thing about the companionship is very important when you're going through this tough time. So like even like I I'm I was I mean I'm very blessed that to say that uh somehow or rather because of what I went through it was so kind of de- very devastating for me I realized what I want to do in I have more clearer picture of what which direction I want to go to after this situation so mainly my after I guess I was in consulting and then I directed my focus to learning more about how um finance work because I I'm someone from the finance uh, field I mean my work process and then when I know when I along the the, the months when I did my shahada I actually learned I went to sleep okay after I convert so my my family doesn't have um you know uh like my 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 wealth because we, we they can have it because they are not Muslim so I kind of like research more on that and when I go for classes the more classes I go to like the like the more friendship and bonding I form with people and at the same time alhamdulillah I got to know my my mentor back then and that's when we did a lot more like um uh far aid planning you know helping uh fellow Muslims and um converts like you know educating this process and I guess like um throughout this right if not for the companionship and then this support from these people maybe I, I won't be as like uh I, I can say here that oh okay it's it's uh it's this and that but no it's more like companionship within this Islam journey that I have. Yeah. So yeah. That's oh, sister, I wanted to ask. Um you know you seem like a very independent, uh strong person. So um I, I don't think you mentioned it but uh back when you were still like seeking like when you like after you took your shahada, you said that you you didn't really know how to pray, and then you asked God for help, right? But did you did you um go and look for a mentor and a teacher back then, or did you really just um went for classes on your own and strived on your own? Okay, so uh before I uh I I declared my shahada, I was going for daru for classes already. So Ustaz Saifur mm-hmm. Rahman, he has that time when he was teaching. I'm not too sure whether you guys know him, but he's a really good teacher. He, the way he teaches, um, he gives very um, uh, cookie bit sizes to like converts who don't really understand what Islam entails, and then he share with us. So along the way, uh, because he was still teaching back in Daru, I went for class, always go for classes. But then after he stopped teaching, um, I was like kind of 
um, searching where I can go for class. So there was this one time, he actually went to this place called Alkutwa Academy to teach. Uh, so I, I, I went, of course, I went for his class. And then that's when I found out, oh, not just Daru has English classes. Alkutwa Academy has English conducted classes as well. So then um, basically a later part of my, I think was like a half, like few months into my Shahada, I, I went, I was going to Alkutwa Academy. So, um, that's when I learned more about how um, different parts of Islam came together, like talking about Hadith, um, Sirah, and uh, 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 going back to prayers, I, go, I was uh, going for direct account classes. Yeah. That's the thing, because uh, more and more, okay, so when I first became uh, a Shahada, not a lot of people know about it, only a handful, but then as years goes by, I... I still in contact with my ex-fiancé friends, and then they're also my friends. So there is one time, the few times that uh, that group of friends, they have a, a spouse or like girlfriends from another faith. So they were asking me, hey, Louis, how are, like, what do you, what, what, what makes you, you know, how do I talk to my girlfriend about it? I was like, what do you want to talk to your girlfriend? The, the conversation just happens. <laughs> And then it was like, oh, what, what, what advice will you give them? Uh, because one time I remember I was at, um, where was I? Farrah Park. It was, I bumped to my poly friend. Uh, he has been with his girlfriend for 10 years. And uh, Chinese family, um, only child too. Uh, parents was like um, telling him, uh, can you leave my, my daughter? And then uh, can you guys end the relationship? He told me this, and I was like, how do I tell, how do I, you know, respond? I say, I don't know, sometimes you just need to make the world to Allah. You can't force religion upon her, right? I mean, you just can only like, oh, you want to go for class? If not, then it's fine. Uh, or when you do something, like, just make your intention, right, that, Ya Allah, help me um, soften my heart, soften her heart, you know, soften the hearts of everyone so that make it easier for everyone, right? So... Yeah, so when I was going for classes, these things happened and then I was like, you know what? I'm going for classes here at Okudua. You want to like you you guys can join me. So basically like that's how <laughs> I'm also like you are like I became like the Alkudua person. <laughs> Spokesperson. <laughs> yeah, but it was yeah, it was fun time. Uh it was then I, I really felt like uh, I had my family, a community that I can go to. Uh yeah. Was, uh it's a big complicated back home with my, my family side so uh, I am look, I look forward to have like a community that I can kind of like you know talk to depend on not like solely but you know conversation just happens very naturally there I think it's quite important to converse, right? Especially you talk about support and, and, and community. Uh, I think, alhamdulillah, I was blessed with our Arakam community of friends and, and for you, it was Al-Qurwa. I think having a community is quite fundamental to the growth of a convert. Uh, because we learn a lot not by reading books, right? I mean, a lot of times, Islam isn't represented by books. Uh, Islam is dawah isn't by books, right? it's by people. And and we learn Islam from looking, seeing, hearing, you know? And 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 and. and and talking to people. So a lot of times, uh, the friends around us really impact our growth uh, as a Muslim. So uh, I, I think as a convert, your our, our priority should be also to find friends, you know. Don't don't be afraid to step out of your zone to, to talk to people, you know. Sometimes it's, it's quite overwhelming because uh, I think I, I, saw, uh, I saw the Muslim community as somewhat inward looking. 
before I became a Muslim. You know, and I, I always felt very out of place lah. Because, I mean, I, I don't know Malay, right? So, like, they can speak Malay, then, like, instantly, like, convert and for me. Which, every time when I hang out with my friends, fellow Muslim friends, my seniors, after they know that, because one of the seniors, uh, he's, I wanted him to become my witness, but he wasn't available. So, but basically, my, this group that I always hang out with, they, they are Malay. And then, when I, be, I become my shahada, people know, and then they, in the conversation, when we hang out, People just start talking in Malay. I'm like, hey, aku tak tahu. Tidak. <laughs> and you're like, no, 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 no. You must have Malayu. Say, ah, ah, tak ter Malayu, right? <laughs> yeah. It just happened because I guess you can't really blame them, and also because the the society kind of conform it in like, oh. Uh, you declare your faith. Is it because uh, your husband is a... Uh, I get that a lot. Like, oh, when I go to the mosque and pray and people look at me very weirdly, it's like, this girl, is she coming to... Like, what? What is she doing here? I was like, I come here to pray. Like, so like, oh, yeah, I'm a Chinese Muslim. Like, they, and I when after that, the conversation, like, I felt like I was in the zoo and then, you know, people like, like looking at me. Like, she's Chinese. Yeah, she's Chinese. I was like, yeah, like, I'm Chinese. And then... <laughs> Yeah, and uh, we can't blame them. And also, like, speaking on this, I it's something that I really want to touch upon, like, when I talk to um, people, like, we regard they are Muslim or non-Muslim, because um, I um, I have met people. I, there are times that I bump to people, like my friends. I don't really feel the need to tell them I'm Muslim, even though the other person is a Muslim, because... I feel that there wasn't a need to label myself as a Muslim. Um, there, were, there were one time uh, I met people who have a, they are not Muslim, but their character shows that they're more capable, you know, their, their qualities are a Muslim example. But sad to say, on the other hand, I have met Muslims who are, like, they're Muslim by my name, but the qualities aren't that. So, like, I decided, like, you know what, Sometimes I don't, I, I feel that it's not like whether or not you're labeled as Muslim or not, or you say whether you're Muslim, but I think your actions speak a lot. Um, and also at the same time, when people, I feel that it's always like um, not to impose this because I only pray to Allah that, you know, uh, Allah can only soften their hearts. Whether or not I say I'm Muslim or not, like, you know, I don't want any changes with their mindset like whoever they talk to me and then that's like that's something that I still need to work on and also because my mm. communication my mom works a lot on like because of this mindset that um once I declare my shahada she picks upon like I I'm not her daughter like my blood is not Chinese anymore she's thinking of Emily that kind of like communication it just it just happens uh, I can't impose on her. I only can pray to Allah that, you know, soften her heart. Uh, yeah, we have a lot of uh, arguments on this. And then, like, I'm, me being Malay, like, Mom, I'm Chinese. What's your name? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, it gets harder as a convert sometimes. But I guess these are all lessons that uh, God kind of, like, put along. I don't know, these siblings along the way to grow us into like a more stronger person yeah the point that 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 was brought up was actually uh your religion doesn't define you like it it doesn't fully define someone you you can't judge uh someone uh 
fully with, with, with what their religion is, you know. Sometimes really actions speak really truly the loudest, which is why you notice actually a lot of Muslims, we, Muslims, they don't primarily, you know, rely on um, words to, to spread Islam, you know. A lot of times they, they actually, you know, they become very close friends with someone and over the years, you know, someone actually, the, the person actually gets interested in Islam because they, they, they just somehow off, off the conversation, then they ask about Islam, you know, because they see this, this guy is, is pretty wise, he's pretty respectable, then they ask about Islam, then eventually because, you know, over the years, you give a bit of dawah here and there and then, in short, alhamdulillah, they, they embrace Islam and, and become a Muslim. So, actually, a lot of converts are, are brought into Islam by, by, by the adab of, of a lot of, uh, of, of Muslims. But, you know, like you said, sadly, there are Muslims who who do not uh, portray the religion as 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 it should la. it should be portrayed and I think it's, it's really it's really truly a testament la, of of what Islam should be it's uh, a, a religion should define a person especially when it comes to Islam because if if someone if Islam is in the is in the center of your life then everything that you do would be conscious of whatever Islam is trying to teach yeah. but ma- many a times you 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 think about you think about what is going on and you see, you see how Muslims are behaving, right? Then you, you, you get kind of kind of sad. La. Because a lot of Muslims don't think that like, oh, okay, la, you know, Islam is just like my, my solat, my everything. But but you, you also forget that, you know, if you're inward looking, you know, as, as, a, as a community, then how are you supposed to spread Islam? How are, how, how are you supposed to, you know, uh, get people to even think about considering the religion? So, yeah, I think it's also on both sides. Like, uh, converts... Don't feel scared to reach out to people. You will certainly find good people, you know. Yeah. Uh, many try, many cases have, have, you know, tried and tested it. Good people, alhamdulillah, amazing people. And they, they are Muslims. They are willing to talk to you and listen to you and share your successes and, and grievances together, you know. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't be, you know, put off just by once or twice trying. But also from, from the poor Muslim side, you know, uh... I, I'm sure Mira will give a much better perspective, but if I were to give a, just a brief sentence, you know, on the bomb Muslim side, you have to think about how, you know, you, you look at, you, your brothers are Muslim brothers, but what about the brothers whom have not taken their shahada yet? How would you know? You know, so Allah did not tell us to say, okay, be good to Muslims. Allah says, be good, be good to everyone, be it their religion, you know, but if you were to care for, um, or, or, you know, in, in your hierarchy of who to care for first, you know, do give your sadaqah to Muslims first. Yeah, but but he, he never said be rude to those who are not yeah. your, of your own faith. You know, be the best to those pe- the people of the book and 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 you know with your mannerisms. If they come to Islam, then there will be a tawab. So I'm guessing Mira has something to say on this. Uh, uh, uh from the born Muslim perspective. So I would like to hear from from her if she wants to share. <laughs> yeah. Uh, touching on that, you know, uh, as as previously mentioned in other episodes as well, it's all about being accepting of others, especially um. I think the first time I heard about um, born Muslims judging like converts was Sister Asha's story where she went to the mosque. Or was it Sister Kailin? Uh, either, either one of the sisters. Um, they went to the mosque and then uh, as per usual, you know, all the aunties were telling them, hey, you, you Chinese? Like, are you sure you want to, like, are you sure you, you're going to pray and stuff? So like, you know, even, even if you are a born Muslim and you see someone entering the mosque and maybe their prayer is not perfect, maybe they... They are, the way they sujot is not, you know, in the the, the way of the, that it should be and stuff. I don't think it is on us to judge because at the end of the day, only God can judge us, right? So, you know, it, it's really a matter of being open to every single person because if there is, like, imagine if there's that one person who is close-minded towards you, you know, they tell you, oh, a lot of things that you're doing is wrong, you know? 
and then how how would you feel i'm pretty sure if you are not that strong in terms of um being able to take comments from other people you will probably be put off by islam you'll be like you know what that one auntie told me i couldn't maybe i'm really not meant to be a muslim but you know it really takes as mentioned if you've heard the stories of the previous speakers every one of them and including you sister like someone just to ask a simple question and then it really just set you back give you goosebumps and make you reflect on what islam means to you and i think that really is what us as born muslims should be doing is that we should be encouraging our fellow brothers and sisters you know asking them questions that matter such as how how was your prayer how how is your faith you know are you are you doing okay are you doing okay as a person you know beyond spirituality so you know it really is a matter of being there for every single one and i would like to uh, speaking on this topic i would like to ask you sister uh, what what is islam to you Okay, I was gonna go that because, uh, when uh Kevin mentioned about you know uh it's not like just prayers, it's just more to more to than that, right? Yeah. So it's not to me when it's just when I learn more about like I read the Quran and stuff like that. Sometimes it just didn't really quite match like uh a society right now. I'm not um I'm like you know pinpointing anything in particular, but I feel that um. It's not to me when I read the books or the hadith and things like that. It's not to me. It shows that there's no uh, color blindness. There's no culture blindness. Mm. Everyone is equal. Uh, because at the end of the day, we go down to the ground. We are the same. Uh, we come. <laughs> we come from nothing, and we go down with nothing, right? Yeah. So it's not to me. It's mainly it teaches me a lot of um culture blindness. Like don't look at this person just because they are different color, different culture. Everyone's the same in the eyes of God, um, because there was this. Um, I'm bringing this out of context a bit. There's this book that I um, read recently. Uh, it's called How Will You Measure Your Life? The guy is a Christian. Uh, no, Mormon. Sorry, not Christian. But his name is Clinton Christensen. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So there's this part where uh, he talks about the metrics of how you measure your life, and this last part he talks about. Um, because he was chasing so much on how this earth is gonna give it to him, and then he was looking for this position that he wanted, but end up it go to someone else, and then he realized this point whereby he he thought that because he's a very um religious person, he was thinking, um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, he said this at the end of the day, uh, when I die, when I leave the earth, um, God's not God not asking ask me how much money I make for this person or what's your role as an accountant like what's your this what's your that he's going to ask you how many people you impact in your life and I thought that's something really amazing about how not just Islam itself but all the like faith you know teaches good out of it and uh, I mentioned this because um, it really touches me not because like you know uh, but I think it's the same teaching as Islam um, there's no um, um, discrimination and the second part is uh, the rituals part it's not like you know to do list like oh I need to do five prayers a day I need to do fasting I need to do zakat it's like you know checklist it's not about that but as time goes by it's more like how it shakes me as a person how it defines me and give me certain kind of worldview perspectives to certain stuff and how I can deal with my issues if there's that thing that come out like you know when uh as uh before I declare my shahada, honestly I'm quite I'm someone who is still 
gets uh, anxiety attacks, but I still am. But now with this like tool I have, it's like, you know what, whenever I feel like I cannot breathe or like I feel very uh, excited about stuff, right? I'll be like, okay, I breathe and then I will say a uh, dua like, Ya Allah, please calm me down because <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, uh, please relax. Let me relax. And then, yeah, I, I feel that there was this tool that I can use that this communication I can have with God. And it helps me to deal with certain things. Like, you know, I'd be like, grant me patience. Ya Allah. Like, you know, Sabra, I need Sabra. Tell me what how to do. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I guess it's like not just a set of rituals and but, but this basically this kind of incorporates like how I can help with this uh this dunya and then also like how oh, this the spiritual context of it and also how I can deal with things. Am I lagging? Oh no 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 <laughs> okay. reflecting on it. You know, uh, I think it's really true what you say. I, even if you are a born Muslim, I bet it's scary to hear, you know, like as a child hearing that, okay, you know, as Muslims, here's the five pillars, you have your five prayers and stuff. But I guess it's with time and knowledge, you understand that, you know, it's really not, it's not, a, 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 like as you mentioned, a checklist. It's more like a way of life in that sense. You know, you don't, don't take it as a chore to do your five prayers. Think of it as, you know, a break in between your worldly affairs you have a worldly uh, let's say you're at work and then you know when it's time for prayers that's actually like the f- the few minutes like the the five to maybe ten minutes that you are praying is really just a time for you to reflect on life to have that moment to yourself and with god and if need to you can have conversations with god you know tell him about your worries about your 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 whatever that may whatever worries your heart because you know god is listening god is always there to help so that's really like that's one of the things that I've learned growing up. Um, it's not really it's not like you know something that you should see as such a daunting thing, but really it's actually something to help us because God doesn't need us, but we need God. So you know. I think Allah describes salat in the Quran as uh, establish your your prayers so that He may complete His favors upon you, meaning that um. Allah has everything. He was his his Al Malik. He's the he's the master of everything. He's the king, but he wants to give you. But you, you see, even if Musa, uh, even if he was going to split the sea for Musa, Musa still had to strike the staff onto the onto the ground so that the sea would split. That is Allah's way of telling you that you have to do something, you know, to to so as to you know obtain his favors. So Allah says, establish your prayers. So that whatever you ask for, Allah can give it to you. Because if you're not doing anything, then it, it, it won't be fair for Allah to give you something and, 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 and then after that, He, he doesn't give... Uh, it, it won't be fair if He doesn't give someone something, but you don't pray and you get it, right? So he, He's also the most fair, the Al-Adil. And you talk about um, narrations in the, in, in the Quran where... where, where, where um, when, regarding prayers, uh, some, some hadith regarding prayers... So when 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 you talk about uh, prayers, one that really pops up, especially last month, uh, you you talk about the Ishram Miraj, the, the night when our Prophet Sallallahu went up to see the to see Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. First, firstly, Allah said fifty prayers a day, and then after that, the Prophet went down. Okay, he, then he met Musa Alayhi Wasallam. Then uh, Musa said, okay, no, 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 no. I, you know, I know better because I, 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 my people were 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 you know, uh. What was what was was such and such? So you need to uh, ask for a reduction of your prayers because fifty is too much to bear. So uh, he went up and down a few times. You know, went back to Musa and Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala again and again and again. Eventually, became five. 
So uh, when when Musa again said, okay, no, five is still too much. You need to ask for less. Uh, our Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said that uh, you know I- I'm so ashamed to even ask for less, and that's when Allah gave the ilham and said, okay, five will be the prayers, you know. But why, why, you know, if Allah has already decided five for for the prayers for this ummah, why why did Allah even need, feel the need to, you know, show this interaction between the the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and Musa Alaihi Wasallam from fifty to twenty five to 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 fifteen to ten to five? It's because it's to show you that you know, by right your your life is centered around prayers. You were supposed from the start to pray 50 prayers a day. And together with the five prayers, Allah said, whoever who prays the five prayers will have the tawab, the reward of 50 prayers. So it's to say, you know, your life is supposed to be prayers. Anything else, you know, if you're going to spend your whole day praying 50 times a day, that means if you were to break it up to, let's say, 20 hours, you spend four hours sleeping, like that's two and a half prayers an hour. So basically, you will be praying and then like, you're going to take a break for 15 minutes, you're going to continue praying again. You know, so basically your life will be around prayers and everything you do other than prayers is just things that would supplement your life, you know. You wouldn't be, you know, focused on your work or anything. You In between prayers, you, you eat or you take a break, you know. But you, your whole life will be in prayers. That's, that's, the, that's the meaning of, 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 the, of the story. So, you know, we, we, we see sometimes a prayer as a burden. But, you know, the way Allah sees it, the way that is meant for us, the way that is the best for us is if we were to center our lives around the prayer. So, for, for, for all those who are finding troubles with prayer, especially in this month of Ramadan, take time to understand why we need to pray. How prayers came down, you know. What prayers will do for us. How powerful a prayer is. And what happens when you put your head down, the highest, most protected part of your body, onto the ground. You know, what happens? I, I see, I feel myself sometimes, this part of my head that comes into contact with the ground, sometimes I feel like it's my sins being seeped out of that point of contact. And I feel so much better sometimes. You know, and 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 it's so. And when I break down in prayer, and and I, you know, I just let everything go. You know, you talk about peace. That is when I feel the most, most, most peace in in my whole life in prayers. You know, when it was the toughest part of my life, right? The toughest part of my life was coincidentally, and and actually not by coincidence, was also the time where it was the easiest for me to upkeep my prayers. Because I would look, I would look forward to every single waktu, the every single time of the prayer, so that I could go into suju and cry. Because that was the only time I could feel okay. I, I so, totally understand that. Yeah, mm. when like, you know, like Allah already know that this will happen and then He still give you the chance to do the salat. And then He say, mm, yeah, mm. I know happens. Yeah, tell me more. And then you just like, the more you know, like, He already know and then because He's the one who created you, right? And then you just like, mm. <laughs> everything just come out. <laughs> like, you know, waterfall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, 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 you, and you really feel better and that's, that's when you really feel peace. So, 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 anyone who is finding troubles with the prayers, then spend some time to to look into it, and and for for you know, uh, all of us here actually as Muslims, you know, we just to do that. Why you don't even have to ask whether you know they are Muslim or not. We can just ask, you know, have you eaten? Are are you comfortable? Uh, do you need help? You know, just simple questions like this. You know, regardless of race, whatever, is, have you eaten? Is something of course. You in Ramadan, you don't ask someone in the mosque, have you eaten, lah. You know, so so that 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 would you know that you know you, yeah. You gotta see how it goes. You know, uh, yeah. But but actually talking about food, you know, uh, since we're on the topic of food.